And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday, the 10th of February. Happy to have you all here with us. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Keila Chow saying hey to everybody. Hi, good to see you here as well. We are available, this show, on a number of podcast platforms, if you prefer that. But we are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. And I gotta say, I will be talking a little bit more in depth about about the YouTube thing a little bit later on. But I'm not happy with them. I'll explain why in a little bit. Uh, but it does look like our signal's going out everywhere okay. So if you're listening to this as a podcast, we do invite you to check out the live video every now and again. Uh, just simply because, you know, nice change of pace. Who knows? Maybe you maybe you like what you see and, and not what you hear. So who knows? Uh, but we do appreciate everybody who is here, whether you're watching live or if you're watching in Memorex or if you're listening to us, we're glad you're part of our audience we're glad you keep coming back to the program uh we've got listeners in spain germany sweden iceland the uk canada oh canada i'm thinking about getting a canadian flag to hang out front just to just to be just to be contrary maybe the email address if you want to send us feedback live from the bunker at sci for That's good for topic suggestions. If you have people that you would like for us to invite as guests, we're always open to that as well. You can see Dave there in the chat. We also have a newsletter, and uh, uh, I will take this moment and I'll take a few moments today. Uh, to uh, remind everybody that we have a number of different social media platforms that we're on, including the alt tech channels, uh, Gab, Minds, MeWe, Parlor, Getter, Locals. Uh, so I do invite you to check us out over there. Mostly the same kind of thing we post over at Facebook and Twitter. Um, just just reaching a different audience there. Plus we're on the different video platforms: Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch. And uh, who knows how long we will be on YouTube. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. All right, here we go. So I want to I wanna do a couple of things. Just some, just some little random bits here because we got the news yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday, Wednesday. That Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to drop on May 25th. And my question here is, given the fact that Boba Fett never showed up in the book of Boba Fett, how likely is it that Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up in Obi-Wan Kenobi? I'm just asking a question. 
at least they're getting Star Wars Day right. Uh, I mean, I know, I know for a lot of millennials, nothing happened prior to the publication of the first Harry Potter book, but Star Wars Day has always been May 25th. Now, for a while, for a long while, I didn't care. You want to do it May the 4th, that's fine. May the 4th be with you, I get it. Yuck, yuck, yuck. That's, that's, that's fine. But May 25th is Star Wars Day. I, I, the older I get, the more cantankerous I get. I'm going to decide to, to, to fall on that side of the, of the argument. May 25th is Star Wars Day. So at least they're getting that part right. But uh, Anna, uh, that Star Wars girl, asks a, a pretty relevant question. I think if, if you know she's she's asking, do they actually understand the importance of that date being the 45th anniversary of Star Wars when it hit theaters in 1977, or did they just stumble on it by accident? It's a I I think it's a relevant relevant question. So you know we'll see we'll see. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, but May 25th. Obi-Wan Kenobi, and from the sounds of it, uh, the, the, the call, the uh, earnings call yesterday with uh, CEO Bob Chapek over the Walt Disney Company, doesn't sound like Mr. Chapek's going anywhere because everything exceeded expectations all across the board. Revenues are higher than anybody planned and forecast. Uh, subscriptions for Disney Plus well off the charts of what they were predicting would happen for the quarter. So uh, revenue for parks are up. Every everything's up. Everything is doing. I mean, Disney is going gangbusters. So I don't imagine that Mr. Bob Chapek is going to be going anywhere anytime soon. So those uh, those disgruntled shareholders over on Reddit. Uh, probably a little disappointed today so that's that's just me uh i do want to do this one uh this one note uh, offer my condolences uh to ethan van skyver and his wife andrea her father passed away suddenly yesterday uh, i believe it was a heart attack uh it was completely unexpected so i uh, want to offer up our thoughts for them as well and of course <clears throat> twitter comes out with the knives after Ethan, so anyway, so Twitter being Twitter, it's the way it is. Oh, 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 speaking of Twitter, speaking of tech, every now and again we will and we will occasionally have issues here, and I have always blamed gremlins for the issues that we have here in the bunker, the technical issues that we have. But now I have a new potential reason for why we sometimes have issues. Uh, because this, this popped up on Twitter. I was able to find this here. And it is apparently a big problem in Germany A little creature called a stone marten. It is a form of weasel that apparently loves to destroy German cars. Not, not any of the other kind of cars, but specifically German cars. There's something about cars that are manufactured in Germany 
that these little weasels, they get into the engines and they start uh, uh, gnawing at the wires and the tubes and the hoses and everything else. And <clears throat> these things are, de- the way these things are described, it just, this, this flabbergasts me that this is actually a thing. This is actually a thing, folks. Germany's, uh, it, it, this sharp-toothed critter has a habit of squeezing into the innards of parked cars and feasting on plastic hoses and tubes. And Germany's Martin population is exploding. Now, I don't know what, what, what publication this is from. I haven't been able to track it down. But it says here, Weasel damage is the fourth most frequent cause for non-collision auto insurance claims in Germany. Last year, drivers here filed 198,000 claims for weasel-inflicted damage, a 42% increase since 2005, and that probably underestimates the carnage. Quote, We only have data from those insurers that offer a weasel policy, said Henning Engelage, a spokesman for the Insurers Federation. These things are actually a real big problem. Weasels in Germany. Uh, You know, some of this stuff, you just can't make this up. And it's funny because part of this article, and I I I really need to track down the article in this thing. But it says here... uh, this ferociously territorial creature understands that there is a rich buffet on offer in human civilization. It rifles through garbage, it steals eggs. Auto parts aren't technically edible. They seem to send the stone Martin into a rage. They've actually they've actually done a, a thing where they'll put cars in in places. And the the stone martin will get in there, and and since they since they can't eat the cars, uh, <laughs> they lose their minds. Carl Kugelschafter, now sixty four, interviewed hundreds of victims, locked up luxury cars in cages, and watched as the weasels ripped them to shreds. He says they go absolutely insane and tear everything apart. <laughs> So, um, so from now on, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I'm going to be blaming gremlins so much as I'm going to be blaming the German stone Martin weasel. So there's who, yeah, I mean, who had weasels for 2022 on their bingo card here, right? Because this is just absolutely insane uh now um <clears throat> the other thing uh last a oh, couple of days ago i guess it was uh junior office dog keyed off of something outside the the outer perimeter of the compound and i went to go look and apparently there's a there's a raccoon in the neighborhood and this particular raccoon doesn't look like it's got a tail so, so there's that. Uh, we had a we had a visitor the other night. Uh, yeah, Keely, Cabin in the Woods Apocalyptic Bingo is a great game. It really is. 
Okay, uh, mail call. Let's do this. We're going to open up a couple of pieces of mail. Uh, and uh, I posted I posted up there the list of all of our social media. Our mailing address is also there. 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. If you want to send us uh, books or movies or things that you'd like for us to review, that's the mailing address. It is an off-site mailing address, so if you want to swat us, that's not going to be it. And if you want to send us, you know, things like anthrax or a pipe bomb or something, that's not our actual address. So just just so you know. <coughs> All right. So let us uh, let us take a look here. I'm going to set this camera here. We got two envelopes that came in the mail. One of them is uh, one of them doesn't say where it's from. The other one says it's from. Uh, WHV Franchise Hub. This is Warner Home Video here. So this envelope, I'm pretty sure what it is because the Catwoman anime came out this week. So I would expect that... Uh, I would expect that's what this is. So let's open this up and see. And that actually is the case. There it is. Catwoman Hunted. This is the new anime, animated uh, feature from Warner Home Video. This uh, stars... Who stars in this? Um, does it say on the outside? It doesn't say... Crime never looked so good. Catwoman, a.k.a. Selena Kyle, has no qualms about risking her nine lives when a prize like the world's most valuable emerald is the reward. But with Batwoman and Interpol maneuvering to spoil her fun, she must tread lightly, complicating this game of cat and mouse with the global crime juggernaut Leviathan Deadly assassins and a trail of twists and turns that may just trip up this nefarious feline. Suit up and steal a moment with this all-new anime-style DC movie. But it doesn't say who's in the cast. Um, I saw earlier. I'll have to look that up. But it's, uh, it's an interesting animation style. They are actually going for the anime look. It's rated PG-13. This is out now. So we'll take a look at that. Um, let's see. Uh, Keely, this is DC usually delivers when it comes to the animated movies. Yeah, most of them, most of them are pretty good. Uh, most of them are pretty good. So not all of them. And some of them I haven't looked at. I need to, I need to look because I've got a back, I've got a backlog of things that I need to uh, get out of the review pile and actually write some reviews. All right, so let's let's look at this second one here. It doesn't have a return address saying who it's from. It feels like a book. I am making uh, an un untoward amount of noise with the envelope for those of you who are listening on the podcast so you actually know that there's something going on. It's radio theater. We have to have sound effects, right? All right, what is it? 
it is a book. It is a book. It is a book called The House of Tongues by James Dashner. It is, uh, this is a new one. Deseret News has a blurb on the front. Take a deep breath before you start any James Dashner book. Number one, New York Times bestselling author. I've never heard of him. This looks like it's probably going to be horror, maybe. The author of the New York Times bestselling Maze Runner series, oh, that's where I've heard his name before, leads us on a dark journey of generational horror as we visit the House of Tongues. David Player has spent 30 years trying to forget the traumas of his childhood, the threats, the kidnappings, the murders, the imagined curses of a people born centuries earlier, passed from father to son, mother to daughter, generation to generation. Its climax came in human form, a monster of a man, one of the most notorious serial killers the nation has ever seen, Pee Wee Gaskins. And Gaskins had a particular hatred for the player family, then for David himself, who barely escaped those years with his own life intact. So, okay, here we go. So, so a horror, horror novel offering from the author of the Maze Runner series is called The House of Tongues. So that one gets on to uh, the review pile there. And uh, we will see what we can see. Now, I'm not a big horror guy, so I might pass this one along to our horror team because they, uh, they appreciate this stuff a little bit more than I do. So, I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> but, yeah, that's, uh, that's, there we go. There are, the, there are the things we got in the mail today. Catwoman Hunted. I will try to get a review of this one done uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, the, the pile... The pile is quite extensive. Uh, Christopher, in the chat, let me pop this up so y'all can see this. Liz Gillies is Catwoman in the anime. Character actress worked with Dennis Leary on sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Okay. Good to know. I'm, I'm not familiar with her work. Um, so there we are. I see uh, Camwoman38 in the chat. I see Robert in the chat. Good to see you two as well. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do. Because um, <clears throat> I got a complaint. I got a complaint about YouTube. And I don't want to spend too terribly much time on it. What? Just one. Well, the latest one. And, uh, yeah, I, I we're going to get into that here in just a second. We're going to take a real quick break, come back, tell you why YouTube has broken itself again. Uh, and then also Greg Smallwood uh, has detailed some, some uh, disturbing uh, in developments about uh, the book that he's working on with Marvel Comics. So we're going to talk about that too. So don't go away. We will be right back after this. Broadcasting from the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters, this is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Hi everyone, Jason Hunt here, inviting you to join us every Saturday for news. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror headlines from the week, plus interviews, 
updates on events going on around the world and the weather forecast for same. It's all wrapped up in one neat package for your weekend. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. Every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with you. Uh, Dave in the chat says, for those interested, Hamilton Books has Halloween 2 and 3 4K discs on sale for $23 a piece. I'm not familiar with Hamilton Books. We don't get a cut. So, there's that. Keely says, as much as I like DC and Marvel, I don't care about the comic books they've been putting out in recent years. You mean you didn't buy... Superman, son of son of Kal-El. How dare you? Or something, right? <laughs> Alright, so a little bit of inside baseball here. I want to I want to just do this real quick. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because this is real technical, deep in the weeds stuff, and I don't want to get it get too far into this. But I am not happy with YouTube. Um, okay, so for those of you who are creators on YouTube, or if you're familiar with anybody that creates on YouTube, you, we, you know, those of us who put videos out all the time doing this kind of thing, if you're a frequent viewer of YouTube videos, you have probably come across at the end of the videos... These little pop-up windows that have got thumbnails for other videos, suggested videos for you to watch next. You're at the end of this one. Hey, if you like this one, go watch this one. These are called end cards. And the people who are putting up the video, they can decide and determine and edit and choose which videos populate those, those end cards. For us, we have it set up to where one of them is a link to the latest uploaded video. This is here. He come and see the newest thing that we've got on the channel. <clears throat> for the other one, it's a link to the playlist for that particular show. So if you look at the end of Live from the Bunker, on the one hand, you've got a link to the latest video that we've done, and on the other one, you've got a link to this season of Live from the Bunker, all of the stuff that we've done for 2022. And then there's also a link if you want to subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done that already, there's a button right there. And given the nature of the live streaming that we do, because it goes to multiple channels, I have to give every channel enough time once the show is over because Odyssey is a little bit behind in when the signal goes out. So as I'm talking here it reaches Odyssey about 10 to 15 seconds later than it hits YouTube. It's, there's, a, there's a delay there. So I have to account for that, because a lot of times if you're watching a live stream, it'll cut off at the end. It's because the people who are broadcasting, they'll stop the broadcast before it's technically over. Nobody's, nobody's allowing for the lag. So we sit in black. That's the technical term. We sit in black, dead air, at the end of the show, waiting for everything to go black so I can turn the turn the signals off. 
And for YouTube, that usually means that there's a little bit of black at the end of the video that I go ahead and I, I trim off. And I go in and I edit and I trim it and I say, cut this stuff off so when the show is over, the video stops. <coughs> so the editing tool that YouTube gives us up until yeah when when did I start when did I notice yesterday or day before day before yesterday up until the day before yesterday the the editor tool what I usually do is I go in because the videos have to process as an upload once we're done with the live stream then it has to get converted and saved as an upload <clears throat> so I got to give it time to process and then I go back in and I put the end cards in and then I'll go into the editor tool, trim the black off the back end of it and add the ad breaks because Google likes to interrupt videos with their ads. Any channel that's monetized, they're just going to drop an ad in wherever and interrupt you wherever they, they want to put it. So I tell them, put it here. here. Here's the place in the video where you could drop an ad if you're going to drop an ad. Up until the day before yesterday, I was able to do all of that in one sitting at once and hit save and it's done. Now I can't do that. The, the editor tool has been updated so that creators now have to do those things one at a time. One process at a time. And if you've already got your end cards in place and you want to trim the video down, it won't let you because the end cards have to have at least five seconds of play time. And since you're in the trim tool, you can no longer grab the end cards and move them. So I have complained to YouTube about this. I will continue to complain to YouTube about this because one, it's terribly inefficient. And I told them so. I said, this is ridiculous that you're going to make us do these things one process at a time because that is such a waste of time because we're going to have to give it time to process every single time. And I am convinced that this is just another step that YouTube is taking to make it more difficult for us smaller independent creators to do this kind of thing on the back end because we don't have the resources that these big channels like ESPN or NBC, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, or any of those people, they've probably got two or three interns that can go back through and they can waste their time on this stuff. We don't have that kind of resource. This takes time. And every single video having to do every single step, one thing at a time, that quadruples the amount of work that has to be done to clean up the back end of these videos. So, and, and I got confirmation from the YouTube tech support people that this is designed to do this now. It is designed to work this way, so each process is a separate thing, which is stupid absolutely dumb but it is another reason why a lot of us are convinced that YouTube does not care about smaller creators independent creators 
non-corporate creators. They don't care about us. Which is why you're going to start seeing a resurgence, you're going to start seeing a surge in interest in places like Rumble and Odyssey. And I'm going to encourage everyone now within the sound of my voice, whether you're watching or listening, odyssey.com, and it's spelled O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com slash at sci-fi for me. Right now we have 152 people following us on that channel, and I would encourage everybody to sign up and follow us over there because at some point YouTube is going to make things so difficult for independent creators that we're going to have to find other alternatives. You, Odyssey and Rumble are those alternatives. I know BitChute's out there too. We've got a, we've got a, a, a presence on all of those. Rumble, we can't go live yet because that's a paid tier. But Odyssey, we can go live. We're broadcasting live to Odyssey right now. We were one of the first to broadcast live to Odyssey using the tools. We had a lot of back and forth emails with their tech people. Here's what I'm running into. It's doing this. It's doing this. How do I do this? What do we change here? This, that, and the other. Offering them a ton of suggestions. Some of them they took. I don't know if they listened to all of it or whatever. But this is this is where it's going. And then, yeah, like like Keely says, yeah, you, you talk about you talk about how channels how channels get nuked. I mean, Lethal Lightning, his channel is gone, and no reason why. And okay, YouTube just arbitrarily decides. Your channel's done. Now, normally, you're supposed to get three strikes. But YouTube just arbitrarily decides whether or not they're going to enforce that. <laughs> Mazur says, was trying to watch the latest Discovery on a Friends Plus account, almost lost my lunch. You're talking about Star Trek Discovery? Maybe, yeah. I haven't. I I I checked out in the first episode. So, um, yeah, Kayla. If they if they did care about indie creators, they would remonetize Orge Board. And they're 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 playing with a lot of channels. I mean, uh, Mary Mayhem got a copyright claim on one of the videos that she's posted, and it doesn't have any copyrighted material in it at all. And she's like, "Hey, Team YouTube, what the heck?" I, I don't have any copyrighted material in here. Why is there a copyright claim? <coughs> this is the kind of stuff where if we did any kind of a reaction video or if we did any kind of analysis or review or anything and we showed clips and we run into this some, but so far we've managed to stay under the radar with this stuff. We don't get very many copyright claims on some stuff when we show things on, on Saturday morning do, during Good Morning Multiverse. Because we're a news program, and so far I've been able to sit there and say, hey, this is fair use, we're reporting news and we're commenting on it. We're not, we're not doing anything in violation of copyright. But at some point, I'm not, I, I, I don't expect YouTube to, to be rational about these things. 
one of these days, YouTube is going to decide that we're not worth the time and they're going to kill our channel. I'm actually really surprised that we haven't gotten strikes on it before because I did a, I did a, a whole episode on the horse dewormer and I was sure that we were, that we were going to get a ding on that and we didn't, which is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not inviting YouTube to give us any additional scrutiny here. But it's getting stupid. And to, to quadruple our work on the back end of things, because once I'm done with the video, once I'm done with the broadcast, I'm not done. Because right now I'm hosting and producing. I push all the buttons and, and all of the different things that show up here on the, on the video. Now, once this is done, then I have to take that video clip, that video file, and convert it to an audio format that I can then upload to the podcast platform. So my work continues past the point where we stop the broadcast. And this is just going to add to the pile of things what needs to be done. YouTube, I want to I I quote my dad. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I have no idea and I cannot begin to fathom the thought process that goes into specifically designing these processes to where they have to happen one thing at a time. If, if you can explain it to me, great. But so far you haven't been able to do that. You've just told me, yes, they're designed for one process to happen at a time separately. Why? Makes no sense at all to do this. You're, you're meddling with things that were working just fine before you did the update. And I, yeah, I even said, this is ridiculous. I, I should be able to do all of this at once. I hit save and I'm done. And now I can't do that. So now I have to completely revise and update my process on the back end of this stuff. All right, that's enough inside baseball. Let me, let me do this one other thing. Speaking of fixing things that ain't broke, Greg Smallwood, he's an artist on the, the, the Electra book, Black, White, and Blood. He took to Twitter the other day and let us know about something what happened to him with his art in the book being tampered with. Now, I, I, this, is, this is something that's starting to be discussed in a number of different places. We're not going to spend a huge amount of time here, but this is something, you know, there are a lot of people out there who don't have any idea what's been going on in the comics industry. They don't care. They don't read comics. They don't know anything about comics. They don't know anything about graphic novels. This is, this is outside their ken, as we say. But for those of us who are still paying attention to the comics industry and the collapse of the comics industry, this is just one more nail in the coffin, as it were, because it's, indi it's indicative <clears throat> of the mentality 
of the editorial staff of these children who are running DC and Marvel. And I mean that. These are 20-something-year-old kids who have no experience and have no qualifications to be editing comic books. The days of Jim Shooter are gone. And it shows. I mentioned, I mentioned, you know, Harry Potter before. These people don't think anything happened before the publication of the first Harry Potter book. Life does not begin when you're born, folks. There is history in this industry. So Greg Smallwood taking to Twitter to explain a situation. He says, sad to say, without my approval, Marvel attempted to fix several panels of my art in issue two of Electra, Black, White, and Blood before sending it to the printers. They're not huge changes, but I really don't like my art being tampered with. He continues, and he's got, he's got a picture here. His original artwork on the left and the Marvel bullpen. Now, the, the Marvel bullpen is the office where everybody works. Uh, the bullpen is like the writer's room or the editorial room. And this character in this book, clearly Asian, and somebody decided to change the artwork so the Asian child actually has some pupils and irises in the eyes, and now it looks really, really bad. <coughs> he continues, Long story short, two months after turning in the finished pages... I was informed by my editor that Marvel's standards and practices and Comics by Perch makes a good uh, makes a good point on this one. People have said, oh, there's no standards and practices department. Yes, there is. These are the people who are now the sensitivity readers and the people, the woke mentality. We don't want to offend people. This is where we are now, folks. Standards and Practices flagged my art and requested I redraw several panels so that they would be, quote, within tolerance for best representation of Asian characters. So I'm guessing that Greg Smallwood's Asian character art looked a little bit too Asian? Maybe? What are they worried about here? And you see here, you know, again, he's got his artwork on the left and the corrected artwork on the right, basically opening up the eyes. Well, you, you, do you have to... So Marvel is uh, attempting to make the Asians a little bit more round-eyed. How is this not... Dare I say it, racist? Smallwood continues, Wife and I were expecting our second child the following week, and I was racing to finish an issue of HT before the birth, so I told Marvel that I didn't have time to make the changes, but that I would be perfectly fine with him pulling the story for sensitivity concerns. That, that in and of itself right there, don't. Don't, don't give in to these people. Because that's just blood in the water, folks. Alright, so here's another piece of artwork. Again, making the Asians more round-eyed, more Caucasian-looking, because, look, whatever you may think about art, 
comic books, whatever. Asian people have distinct physical attributes. They do. Japanese have a certain look. Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, they all have a certain look. And they're, and they're distinct from each other, too. You can't just do this blanket Asian, everybody looks Asian. Continuing. I was told pulling the story was not an option, and if I couldn't do revisions, the Marvel bullpen would take a crack at my pages instead. I stated very clearly that I didn't want anyone touching my art, so I dropped everything I was doing and immediately reworked all of the panels that were flagged. Unfortunately, I just found out yesterday that the folks at Marvel didn't even bother using my new art and instead went to print with their own revised pages. I was not given a chance to make further revisions or even approve the alterations made by the bullpen. And, folks, it just, it just goes to show. And this is, this is... This is indicative of something even more insidious than just, hey, let's replace the art. Because this is pandering. This is the same kind of thing. Now, back in the day, those of us who are of an age will remember the Comics Code Authority. The Comics Code Authority was put together by the comics publishers in an attempt to self-censor to avoid the government coming in and censoring comic books. This is after all of the, you know, comic books are contributing to the to the corruption of minors and such. So the comic books, the comic book industry said, all right, we're going to police our own stuff. We come up with this thing called the Comics Code Authority, which is basically we're going to censor our books. Now, that has since gone away, but now you have standards and practices. And given how given how the editorial departments are run these days and not just in comic books we see it in publishing we see it in traditional publishing we saw it in the hugo awards politics drives everything pandering politics identity politics gender gender politics representation intersectionality all of that stuff drives all of these decisions because they are so afraid of what twitter is going to think about something and, and it's not just comics. You know, Barry Weiss called out the New York Times for doing the same kind of thing. This is, this has infected every form of our entertainment. The Hollywood New Rules. Remember that article that came out here a couple of weeks ago talking about how everyone in Hollywood is, is living in fear of being canceled for not having the right kind of representation in their cast of characters, in their, in their writer's room, or anything like that. This is where we are. The fear, the pandering, the cancel culture, the woke mob has got everybody so paranoid 
that you can't just draw an Asian character in a book. Set in Asia, set in Japan. So, you know, if if I'm reading a book that takes place in Japan, <clears throat> I'm going to expect to find some Japanese characters in there. Maybe that's just me. I just, this is the kind of thing where I sit there and I look at this kind of thing happening. <clears throat> and I sit and I stop and I think, we've been doing this almost 13 years now. 13 years. And this show, <clears throat> here it is, episode 371. I personally, since the show is done back, I've done nearly over 250 episodes of this show since it's come back. And I got to thinking the other day, in a couple of days, or, I'm sorry, in a couple of years, we're going to hit our 15th anniversary. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to refresh the logo for the 15th anniversary. And I thought, I don't even know if we're going to make it 15 years. Because I'm tired. I'm tired of this same kind of thing happening over and over and over and over and over and over again. The comics industry needs an entire team of gym shooters. Yeah, Keela, we've we've been around, we've been around longer than Nerdrotic. We've been around longer than Geeks and Gamers and Drunk Three PO and all all of those guys. We've been around longer than everybody. We've been around longer than IO9. Just saying. But as long as we've been doing this, we also have not leaned into drama. We have also not leaned into politics. We have not joined the woke mob. Now we've got liberals on our staff. We've got conservatives on our staff. And there have been, I will admit, there have been plenty of times where I've gotten on Twitter and have mightily restrained myself from saying certain things because the Twitter account, the social media accounts that we have for Sci-Fi For Me represent the brand. And the brand represents everybody on staff. And it would be irresponsible for me to use the brand as my voice. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't comment on, especially when it comes to Twitter, that we that we that I could. I got rid of my personal Twitter account years ago. And I have to I have to restrain myself. Uh, a number of days is I gotta I gotta I gotta 
not say anything. Uh, Cam, Cam says, is that why you uh, don't follow a radical like me on Twitter? No. Um, what we run into, there are a number of people that I would like to follow on Twitter. But what we run into is Twitter has this algorithm that prevents channels from following too many more than what are following the channel. So we've got right now 3,100 3,100 followers on Twitter. And we're maxed out at almost 5,000 accounts that we follow. We follow we follow writers, we follow artists, we follow actors, we follow studios, we follow other, other genre media, we follow the trades, you know, Hollywood Reporter and Variety and that kind of thing. We follow comic book people, we follow um, conventions. So we maxed out. And... Every now and again, I got to go through and clean out. And every now and again, I, it was one of those things where I've got to, I've got to find some that are not, they're not active anymore. We don't follow any or whatever. So I can follow new accounts because there's always, there's always somebody new that we need to be following. And a lot of them are creators. A lot of them are in the industry or they're in the media covering the industry. So we've maxed out. So we need more followers on Twitter so that we can follow more people on Twitter. And I need to clean out the list of who we follow too. So, so, uh, if we're not following anyone for, uh, for, for any particular reason, it's mainly because we've maxed out. Uh, Cam says unfollow CamBot one, one, three, eight. All right. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take a look at that. Um, and we'll, uh, let me, let me just, I'll look right now and see if I'm, see if I'm still following that one. Um, where'd it go? There it is. Oh, oh, you were a bad person. You are a bad person. Cambot138 accounts has been, I don't, you know, I got to look and see because now there's not any kind of, of way to interact, uh, to see if I'm still following that account or not. I will investigate that. So, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take a look. I'll see. I'll see. I've probably got to dig into the, dig into the interface. <clears throat> Cam, Cam says, I was proclaimed guilty of wrong thing. That's coming for all of us. It's coming for all of us one of these days, I'm sure. Which is why you need to be connected with us over on the alternative channels. Follow us on Odyssey. Right now we're sitting at 152. That number needs to be much higher. And we've got a lot of people that watch our videos that are not subscribed to our channel. And that's fine. I welcome everybody here. We're not going to require you to be of a particular political stripe. You don't have to wear a mask or be vaccinated to be in part of our audience. You don't have to have a certain voting record or anything like that. We don't care. This is for everybody. So, follow us on the alternative stuff. Uh, Dave says, while fairly new to Sci-Fi For Me TV as a viewer, I've been extremely impressed with the channel and its presentation and professionalism. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, as Like I said the other day, when, when I first got into this business, we were required to have a license from the FCC to be on the radio. I started in radio 33 years ago. And because of that, 
my my approach, my 33 years in media as a professional media person. I've been in television, I've been in radio, I've been in motion pictures, I've been in newspapers. So my background is much different than a lot of these guys who are YouTubers. I don't see myself as a YouTuber. This is a TV channel that happens to be on YouTube and Odyssey and Facebook and everywhere else. And I'm actually thinking, of, I'm, 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 I'm really tempted, but the resources need to be there. I got to look into it, but I'm really tempted to start a Roku channel and just get off of all of the video platforms online. Who knows? Maybe for our 15th anniversary, we'll go to Roku. But the, the approach has always been that this needs to be presented as professional as possible. Our, our production value needs to be as high as we can make it. You know, all of the, all of the widgets and the, and the whooshes and the animations and the promos and all of the spots. It's because I've been doing this for so long. I don't, I don't know of any other way to do it. And maybe we're too polished for YouTube. Maybe. I don't know. Mazer's got a question here. Let's see here. Um, do you use an older camera from back in the day for certain shows? I call it your public access channel camera. The effect is fantastic. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so that camera back there behind me, uh, let's see if I can get get a closer look of it. You might might not be able to see this. Well, let me turn let me turn this let me turn this bug off so you can see. Down here in the corner, there is a camera. Um, it is a Panasonic. Do, do I need this? Okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm tethered here. Yeah, Mrs. Boss is gonna Mrs. Boss is gonna pull that out. Uh, just just pull it out just a little bit so people can see it. And okay, so this camera here <coughs> is a a Panasonic AG DV100B. It is a. It is an older camera. It is an SD resolution camera. This is not even an HD camera. This camera has been through a lot. Uh, this camera, I have shot... I have shot a number of movies with this camera, short films, one of which was on the Sci-Fi Channel back in 2007. Thank you very much. I have also shot a feature film with this camera, a romantic comedy. Um, I love this camera. The um, <laughs> the public access channel filter, uh, that's actually something that is a new artifact. Uh, the way this camera gets connected to the computer, it's a it's a device called a dazzle. It's a little it's a little piece of of technology that allows us to plug in video using the RCA component, the RCA connections on this to go into a USB port on the computer. Well, we got a new computer, and the software, I had to update the software, and now it looks weird. <clears throat> so that, uh, that public access channel camera is, is basically an artifact of the, of the Dazzle, the, new, the, the update on the software, and I don't know why it's doing what it's doing. 
I may look at the other one to see if, because I've got two. I may look to see if it does it the same on the other one. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's a old school low resolution camera. And you know, and 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 you know, you mentioned you know public access. This is kind of the the approach that we've got because back in the day, when you had you know the <coughs> this new thing called cable television. You had these local access channels where people could go into their studio in their city and they could create their own shows and do their own, you know, they could they could Wayne's World. And uh, that's kind of the approach that we have here, only we're, you know, yeah, we try to be a little bit more polished and professional about it, but anybody could do this. It doesn't require a huge uh, type of, of, you know, investment or a lot of equipment or anything like that. Mazur says, I didn't know how you take public access. I figured that could go either way. No, it's fine. Um, and, and, you know, it does it does kind of fall in line with the with the the discussions that we've had here about the kind of shows that we do. You know, we want to we want to have fun. We want to be, you know, the fans best friend. When you talk about the different things that we talk about with science fiction and fantasy and horror and stuff, that's why we have fun with some of the titles of our shows. Salacious Crumbs. Triple Bites, Tardis Sauce. You know, we have fun with those things. And hopefully we'll continue to have fun with those things. And those of you who would like to support such things, we've also got a tip jar and a subscribe star if you want to throw money at us, but nobody has to. There's no obligation there. But the links are in the show notes. <laughs> and here we are at the bottom of the hour. So it's uh, it's time for us to head out. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. I do appreciate the feedback and the and the conversation. And uh, do subscribe and follow follow us over on Odyssey and various different other places where you can find us on on the alt tech and the social medias and all of that. So one of these days, maybe we'll broadcast live to Rumble. We'll see. Uh, but <laughs> for now, uh, for now, we'll just do what we do. And uh, hopefully we'll keep doing something that's worth your time because that's what's important here. We want to make sure that what we're doing here is of value to you. So as long as we keep doing that and you keep coming back, then uh, then we'll keep doing this. So that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11 a.m. 10 Central. Uh, here on Sci-Fi for Me TV with the latest headlines, the week's headlines in sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, uh, as well as event updates and uh, weather. So check us out there, and we will do this all again next week. If I've got my math done right, April 4th, assuming that we don't skip any shows or anything, April 4th-ish looks like is going to be when... We have episode 400 of this show and episode 300 of the H2O podcast. So we'll, I'm, I don't know if I got my math right yet, but I'll look at that. So, uh, so check out any of the rest of the videos. If you're new to the channel, we do invite you to subscribe. Have your notifications turned on. We will do this all again next week. Remember, they want you to think that there are five lights. But there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.